Say what you will about Donald Trump, the guy puts on a good show for his fans. And he does it all without any special effects, if you don't count his hair. I mean, we're draining the swamp, but are we having a good time or what? Saturday night in Green Bay at the Rush Center, he got his followers chanting all kinds of things. There was the familiar Build the Wall. He's seeking re-election, so there was the four more years. And every Trump backer's favorite, lock her up. A reference, of course, to his 2016 opponent, Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump's rallies are not like any other rallies. Some people must love it because this is his whole appeal. It's weird for me. I find the whole thing very weird to have to watch the entire Trump rally. Yeah, I think his rallies are fun for his supporters because he's off the cuff. I mean, he's got the teleprompters there. And when he starts to read, you know, the part that he's supposed to read, that's the boring part. Yeah. Because it says all these things that he's supposedly supposed to say. But then he goes off the script. By the way, Saturday night. Is there any place that's more fun than a Trump rally? Can you imagine Sleepy Joe, Crazy Bernie? You look at the candidates, right? I think Pocahontas, she's finished, she's out. She's gone. No, when it was found that I had more Indian blood in me than she did. And then it was determined that I had none, but I still had more. That was the end of her 32-year scam on colleges. But can you imagine any of these people up here doing what I'm doing? There'd be 200 people show up if they were president. If they weren't president, nobody would show up. Is that right? He drew a capacity crowd into the Resch Center, which holds around 10,000 people. But he's going to need a lot more than that to win Wisconsin and re-election. He barely beat Clinton by just 22,000-some votes in 2016 and less than one percentage point of the electorate. And we're going to talk about Trump's great, big, beautiful rally and whether he can win Wisconsin again in 2020 on today's episode of Center Stage. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. make of all this chanting? See, I've been to a lot of political rallies, and chanting is not unusual at a political rally, but it seems like there's a lot more. And it probably isn't fair, but is there like a mob mentality, or is it just people having fun? Oh, I think there's very much a mob mentality, but also Trump uses very simple words that are easy to chant back. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you uh, you could imagine, like, there was some chanting at Obama rallies, but the guy used some words that were more than two <laughs> or three syllables occasionally. Yeah. You can't chant that back very well. 
We are not a red America. We are not a blue America. We are United States of America. You can't chant back, we are United States of America. We are United States yeah. of America. You can chant, lock her up. Can you chant, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like, like your, your doctor, doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah, you're right. You could work. chant. You, maybe you could chant that. It doesn't work as well. People mostly just chant, and then they chant like, hope and change, hope and change, or something. I don't know. On Saturday night in Green Bay, the Trumpites also chanted Sarah, as in Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I always feel sorry for Sarah Huckabee. I know people think she's this terrible mouthpiece for Trump. I always just feel sorry for her because I think she's really smart and she thinks on her feet and everything. It's just like it's a really it's a it's a bad job to have to try uh, and spin this president. I just can't imagine it. But what's also weird is I don't remember another press secretary being as big a celebrity. As Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, no, in fact, he did a fake firing right there. Did you but, see it? Where, yeah, where he said, she, oh, she's more popular than I am. Oh, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand me after all these years. She's becoming too popular. I'm jealous. Sarah, you're fired. But why is she so popular? I think it's because she every day she's, she's defending him. Well, she hasn't had a spinning. She it. hasn't actually had an, uh, a press presser with the with the media for like over a month now. I think you hear still hear from her though, don't you? Yeah, she gives talking points and yeah. such. If you go back, look at some of the uh, more famous press secretaries in the past. You know, they're not. They've never risen to the level of celebrity that Sarah Huckabee Sanders has. And it's basically, you know, as a press secretary, you're basically a spin doctor for the president on a daily basis. Yeah. It's not a glamorous job. She will say anything on his behalf. So I guess they're rooting for that. I guess she has one quality that Trump really respects in his employees. She's willing to lie for him (laughs) and to protect him. Yeah. Two, they also chanted CNN sucks. CNN sucks. Well, that's what I was getting up to because I was going to play you the clip because I... For the life of me, I could not understand what they were saying. If I make any misstatement, if I'm off by just a little tiny bit, those people back there will be headlines. So I have to be very careful. Fake news. They're fake. They are fake. They are fakers. they started chanting something sucks and i i was like fake news sucks msn sucks you know like mainstream media i couldn't pick no, it's it out cnn sucks wow okay well i didn't okay which it does <laughs> but so does all cable news yes so he because it's is. not actually information it's just infotainment so he's speaking truth to power there. a little bit but cnn doesn't suck any more than say msnbc or fox news in my humble opinion yeah we talk about Wisconsin politics a lot. So one of the things I found interesting at the start of this thing was where you always give a shout out to the local dignitaries. Oh, yeah. And right off the bat, there was Ron Johnson. He was giving a shout out to. And He's Wisconsin tough, Ron Johnson. Yeah, Wisconsin tough. I, I, don't, mean, I wouldn't put tough and Ron Johnson in the same sentence. I would actually say Ron Johnson's pretty Wisconsin nice. Yeah, he's Wisconsin nice. <laughs> Not Wisconsin tough. So we're delighted to be joined tonight by many incredible Wisconsin Republican leaders. A really great friend of mine, a man who is 
really the focus of what's going on in so much of Washington. Very tough guy, very strong guy. I call him Wisconsin tough. And I don't even know if you know it, and I don't know if you appreciate it, but I'm telling you, he's really good. Ron Johnson, you said it. He's not a lumberjack like Sean Duffy, right? No, no, like, uh, yeah, maybe you want to say Northwood's tough to yeah. Sean Duffy. No, I don't know. Sean Duffy's kind of glamour boy, TV he is, he is star. He's pretty handsome. Yeah, I don't know how tough he is. But, hey, he was a lumberjack champion, so I guess he is tough. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, Johnson, what I, I would say my favorite part of this whole speech is he got Rojo, Ron Johnson, He's there, and they start off with, you know, he's the biggest politician that's there for the Republicans, other than Scott Walker, who wasn't mentioned till later, kind of yeah. accidentally, who was there too. But he kept bringing up Ron Johnson. Yeah. Like three or four or five times throughout the speech, Ron Johnson, and it was in this context of Ron Johnson's got to get this done. Yeah. I mean, Ron, I mean, hey, I'm Donald Trump. I can fix immigration in 15 minutes. It's easy. It's no, no big deal. But, you know, it's stupid Congress has to do it. And, by the way, Ron Johnson's right over here. Ron, you got to get this John done. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, like, off. Pawning it off on Ron Johnson. <laughs> yeah. poor, poor little Ron Johnson's got to fix everything. USMCA American dairy exports to Canada are expected to surge by more than 50%. Okay? we got to get the deal done. Ron, you got to get that deal done. You'll get it done. Got to get it done. And when he called Ron Johnson the first time, you know, Ron Johnson st- stood up and waved and just sat right back down. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Ron Johnson has actually politely, because he's Wisconsin nice, stood up to Donald Trump, not like going after him. He's but not, I mean, he hasn't John McCained him yet or anything like no, that. No, but I'm just saying Ron Johnson has... I would say, as Republicans go, he's been about as outspoken as any other Republican on opposing tariffs and sticking up for free trade, which is what Republicans are supposed to be for, but Trump isn't. Yeah. The other thing about it is, is, you know, Ron Johnson said he wasn't going to run for re-election. Now he said he is going to run for re-election. So he had been kind of completely free. So he's two years into a six-year term. The first two years, he really has not had to worry about, generally speaking, is he popular? Is Trump going to go after him? Hey, this is my second term. I'm not going to run again. You're sort of this free agent. But now he changed his mind. He is going to run again. So now he does have to worry about what Trump thinks and what the voters think. I figure we're going to be saying this after he's served his fifth term, and he's, I'm not running again. <laughs> I'm never going to believe him again when he says I'm not running yeah. again. Uh, Don't believe Ron Johnson when he tells you he's not going to do something. Well, maybe you shouldn't believe anybody when they say they're not going to run again because they almost always do. I think maybe Scott Klug was the only guy who ever said he wasn't going to run again, and then he didn't. At one point, Trump, and this is why people like him, because he's got all these dignitaries over there. And at one point, he points over to the where the you know the VIP uh, section is, or I guess you could call it the swamp section. The swamp. <laughs> but... He refers to them, the geniuses over here. Yeah. we got to get Congress to approve it. So put a lot of pressure on these geniuses we have over here. You know. He's not really saying. He's not. They were quote unquote around geniuses over yeah. there. While we're at it, let me talk about the other Wisconsinites who he, he mentioned. He mentioned Glenn Grothman, 
Oh, yeah, Glenn Grothman. Who is actually Glenn Grothman. Now, hey, that's no big deal if somebody mispronounces a name. Obama could never get Dave Chislevich right. Well, nobody else could either. After a couple years, we all started to get it right. I did, anyway. But, uh, right, so you don't pronounce Glenn Grothman's name right. You say Glenn Grothman. But what's really embarrassing about that is, A, Glenn's from kind of up towards Green Bay. He's in the Fox Valley to some degree. And what it really says is, you know, I'm not meeting with Trump very often. The guy can't pronounce my name. Yeah. He can say Ron Johnson. Now, that's a simpler name. This one I thought was the most interesting when he mentioned Jim Steinecke, the assembly majority leader. I mean, Jim Steinecke, he is the one Republican in my mind in this state that regularly will tweet back about a outlandish Trump tweet and say Trump's wrong. If you just looked at his tweets about Donald Trump, you would not know he was a Republican. And thanks also to Wisconsin. House Majority Leader, Jim Steinecke. Jim. Thanks, Jim. Great. Jim Steinecke, in my mind, has more backbone than any other Republican in this state because he actually does appear to care about... Republican principles and values. Yeah, and that we're not selling our soul to this... Snake oil salesman. Yeah. but I'm He's sure, at the rally. <laughs> I'm sure what happened is Jim Steinecke, as the Assembly Majority Leader, which is number two, by the way, under Robin Voss as the uh, Speaker, I'm sure Steinecke's a small enough fish that Donald Trump has no idea that Steinecke has ever done these things. I guess nobody in the MAGA crowd knows either. Make America Great Again crowd because they applauded him. No, oh, and and just showing up to the rally. I mean, if you're a Republican, you've got to show up to this rally to to show the voters that you're on Trump's side. I think so. Although I don't believe he introduced Voss, so I don't know what's up with that. He also made a reference, which I believe was um, diss of Paul Ryan. He never mentioned Paul Ryan, but he said, "I came here often. Remember, I came and they didn't like certain people that were with me. They booed the hell out of those people, right?" But they liked me. That's all that mattered. I think that's a reference to Paul Ryan. Yeah, because the Make America Great crowd is not a fan of Paul Ryan. But he did mention Paul Ryan's clone, Brian Stile. Brian Stile. Brian. Thank you, Brian. What's clear is that the Republican Party is now Trump's party. No matter if you disagree with the president or not on issues, you got to show up at these rallies just to show your voters that you're on the same train. He actually did bring up Harley Davidson in a brief moment, which I was surprised by. Look at Harley Davidson. Look at Harley Davidson. I met with them three years ago, one of my first meetings, Harley Davidson. I said to the people, they're very nice. They would tell me, uh, tough to do business in certain countries. How are you doing in India? They said, oh, we don't do any business. They weren't even complaining because for so many years. So India charged 100% tariff on a Harley Davidson. But when they send their motorcycles and they make them to us, we charge them nothing. So I called up Prime Minister Modi. I said, unfair. He cut it 50%. But I said, that's not good enough because, look, it's 50% to nothing. And what we're doing is changing all of that stuff. Changing all of that stuff. Of course, he ignored the news, which is Harley-Davidson's earnings fell 27% in the first quarter, and the CEO blamed Trump's tariffs for the drop. Um, he didn't mention that. No, that'd be, that would be <laughs> inconvenient. But he brought up Harley and didn't diss Harley, 
Remember last time when he spoke in Wisconsin, at least the last time we podcast about it, he went after Harley. Yeah. When he was over there talking at Foxconn. He didn't bring up Foxconn, by the way. Did not mention Foxconn. Where he, where hmm, he, I wonder why. I wonder why. It's because it's been so unbeautiful. <laughs> it's just been slow, and they're changing what they're doing. and They're not going to create 13,000 no. jobs. Oh, Which and, Trump said it's not going to be thirteen thousand. Right. It's going to be fifteen. So he's right about it's that. It's going to be fifteen thousand, and probably way more than way that. more than fifteen thousand. So yeah, he's wrong about that. Yeah, that deal has kind of soured. You know, up in Green Bay, uh, Foxconn's not particularly popular. You know, it's popular in southeast Wisconsin, but outside of that area, you know, a lot of people of all political persuasions are like, are we really spending $4 billion of taxpayer money to lure this foreign company? And we're not going to wind up spending that much if they don't get the 13,000 jobs, but we are going to pay a lot, 200000 plus per job. I think most people realize that ain't worth the bang for no. it, especially when we don't need more jobs. What we need, He was saying jobs, 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 but we need our workers, workers, workers. He did mention that, though, at one point, yeah. despite the fact that... It, Last month, he said we're full. Now yeah. we need to have more people come in <laughs> yeah. beautifully and legally. His policies are to reduce legal immigration, not increase them. So I don't know how we're going to get them, but at least he sort of recognizes that we do need more people in Wisconsin. You know, it's funny how much he talks about trade, which you think yeah. of trade is sort of like a boring topic. It's not like guns or abortion, which he also talked yeah. about. But he spent a lot more time talking about trade deals than just about anything else. Yeah. And he sort of makes himself out like I'm the world's greatest trade deal creator. And he, I love how, I love how he, you know, just shares phone calls he's made to various world leaders. Like yeah. I called Boom. Him, One phone call, I got 500 million. Yeah. That was for military payment, I called up but. the king of Saudi Arabia. I said, hey, king. I said, king. We're losing our ass defending you, king, and you have a lot of money. It's true. And he said, but why would you be calling me? Nobody's ever made such a call before. I said, that's because they were stupid. <laughs> so we're working to deal with Saudi Arabia. So many things. I love it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, and you, the crowd loves it. You can tell the crowd really loves uh, how, uh, how he shares these, these stories of his wheelings and dealings with all these, uh, global leaders. I thought he at least effectively crowed about the economy. I doubt all of his hyperbole is correct. In you fact, know. our paper said, uh, fact checked it pretty well this morning and just said, yeah, you know, he says these things and yeah. it's not, you know, it's not a blatant lie. We did add jobs, but it's not like it's the, historic. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing is he'll, his aides will tell him some number and he'll bring up the number and then he'll he'll extrapolate in the greatest in the history of the universe. Yeah. And then we check and it's wrong. And like when he was going off on the fake news about we were wrong, it was on some point where he had said his negotiator uh, over hostages with North Korea had said that Trump was the greatest hostage negotiator in the history of the United States. So then the media went out to try to fact check that ultimately Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> identified somebody who had supposedly said this, an envoy, and I guess the guy confirmed that he did or was told that he had to confirm that he did because Trump said that at the speech. But I don't know why, if you say something like that and the media decides to check it, why that's fake news. Everything's fake news. Yeah, I guess if it's bad, it's fake news. Yeah, fake, fake yeah. news doesn't make fake. It means bad. By the way, he's coming up to his 10,000th, 10,000th, how do you say that word? 10,000th. Ten, ten Thank you. 
lie, according to the uh, yeah. the Washington Post fact checker. Barack Obama told like a dozen lies in his presidency, and that's all people remember. And Trump lies so much, you kind of forget what you you forget what's even important anymore. He talked a lot about how great everything is for farmers. I mean, we're just hitting record bankruptcies in Wisconsin, and the tariffs haven't helped. And he crows about getting concessions from Canada, but that hasn't been signed in law yet because I guess Ron Johnson hasn't gotten that done yet. Jeez, Ron Johnson. <laughs> he called the Trans-Pacific Partnership a disaster. That's his favorite word. What a mess. A one-sided horror show. All of the ag interests in Wisconsin wanted that to get done. So they could sell their, so it'd be easier for them to sell their agricultural products overseas. I mean, the farmers are kind of in that camp with the evangelicals a bit, where if you're for Trump, it's really, I think, I would think it'd be really hard to balance that. As much as nobody likes to admit it, everyone loves to play the victim. You always like to feel like the, everybody's ganging up on you, and no, no matter what happens, it's not your fault because things are unfair. And that really resonates with his audience, that, that you've been taken advantage of by these sleazy politicians. They've been ripping you off, and, they, and, and other countries have been ripping, ripping us yeah. off. It really resonates with people that love being a victim. But he's really good at messaging. At one point, sort of near the end of the speech, he wrapped up and defined. You know how he's good at branding. And he branded both the parties. So Democrats are now the party of high taxes, high crime, open borders, late-term abortion, hoaxes, and delusions. The Republican Party is the party for all Americans. That's what it is. It really is. And common sense. We're the party of common sense. We're the party of the American worker, the American family, the American dream. We're the party of the Second Amendment and its protection. And he doesn't mention, oh, I I just banned uh, bump stocks, which I would applaud, and I'm glad that he did. He brought up at one point just threw in the Second Amendment, and immediately, just by saying Second Amendment, he got USA chance. Oh, yeah. Obama never took anybody's guns away. Not right? a single person's gun. And the Democrats had control of everything for two years. What do you think is going to go on in 2020? Like, what's it looking like to you right now? Trump's got to win Wisconsin. We are an even bigger player than we were before. I think last time around, Hillary didn't even come here because she thought it was a wash. Yeah. Uh, Trump did come here a lot. So he obviously. Not wh- to Madison. No, no, he didn't come to Madison. That He almost should. Just to piss people yeah, off. Yeah, well, why wouldn't he? Uh, just to say that he did it. Oh, yeah, everybody else is afraid. I do remember actually uh, Huckabee coming to Madison and holding a rally. I think it was in the concourse. Oh, yeah, he, he was there, yeah. Yeah, usually Republicans skip that. Back in the day, they would often come to Wisconsin. Well, Dayton County has more Republican voters than, than just about all but three counties in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think other than Waukesha or Milwaukee County, we've got more yeah. just because we're a large county yeah he's only going to get maybe 20 percent but it's a large 20 percent a large 20 percent yeah but i don't know i think you know if the economy keeps doing well unlike last time so many people dismissed his chances and i even he didn't think he could win or was going to win yeah then he won and surprised everybody now you have to think with the power of the office with a strong economy 
he should win, but he's still Donald Trump. Yeah, I think the fact that he's Donald Trump will keep him down. Yeah. I, th- I think four years later, how has Wisconsin's electorate changed? If anything, we've gotten younger as an electorate. A lot of the moderates that supported Donald Trump because they didn't think he was going to win in the first place, probably they might not vote for him again. The middle is wide open in this election. I think the Democrats are going to foolishly eschew it. They're all going to fight to be the, the farthest to the left they can be, I think. And I think it's not going to work. Yeah. Now, he started his rally, uh, just to talk about music for a minute as we roll this out, maybe. He starts off with Lee Greenwood. Okay. And I'm proud to be an American. I hate that song. And they, but that's very conventional. I mean, every crocodile in the swamp plays that at their rallies. Oh, yeah. That is the quintessential Republican. I love America more than you do. Country American song. Yeah. But then at the end of his speech, and he does this at rallies constantly, because I was looking it up. He plays the Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want. I thought that was really strange, too. And apparently he's been playing that since, I looked it up, since 2016. It's a very strange song. Because he's telling everybody, you can have everything you want, isn't he? Yeah, I'll give you everything you want. Or maybe it's like trolling Democrats saying, like, you can't get what you want because I'm president. I wonder if it's just he likes the song. Because then it is, you get what you need. Maybe Trump hasn't always gotten every 10 that he wanted. But he gets what he needs. He gets what he needs. Because he mentioned the first lady who... Uh, same age as him. It was her birthday and uh, almost the same age, which got some uh, good-natured laughs, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that's odd. They're, 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 I don't know if... I looked this up, too. The Rolling Stones, Phil? Yeah. They're not from America. <gasps> they're from England. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's even a foreign I wonder import. if they're pro-Brexit or anti-Brexit. Oh, I don't know about that. Somebody should ask Mick and Keith about that. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. To listen to past episodes, go to go.madison.com slash center stage or follow us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.